Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's been a while, but we do have a brand new show with a brand new co-host. Welcome to After the Buzzer Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Scotolaire, alongside my co-host. Hill Vitalingham, first time. Well, not the first time first on, because I was on in a while before you as were, a guest, yeah. but now we're now we're the main character Now we're full-time. I love it. Thank you again for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Going back to how me and Rahil know each other, um, we met back in university. We always stayed friends, and we always loved talking hockey. He's a super Habs fan, as you can see in the background. So so he's a very popular guy from the Habs uh, standpoint on Twitter. So um, we're going to kind of keep it the same way as we always did, talk about what's going on in the NHL, and then focus on the Sens and Habs, and also have our favorite segment which Rahil will be introducing the new Chooch of the Week. So we'll have a lot to it. say about I that. I love the Chooch of the Week. <laughs> and one little quick note too, like I'm not one of those Habs fans, and I, I think you'll learn it if you listen to more episodes as we get more out. I'm not one of those Habs fans that's very biased. I have a lot of people saying I'm one of the more realistic Habs fans they know. So I hope you guys feel the same way. Maybe you won't, and I'll get ratioed on Twitter. I mean, we'll find out, right? <laughs> will happen. I got it on this week, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. That was fun. Oh, yeah, we will. So getting into it, uh, one of the biggest news was Evander Kane um, going on waivers after his suspension with the whole um, releasing of this whole COVID fake Mm -hmm. passport and stuff. So what do you think is going to happen there? So with Evander Kane, as of, I think, two o'clock today on the 29th, he's cleared waivers and everything. So he's on he's assigned to the AHL team. What I'm very intrigued to see is his trade value goes up a little bit. Because, you know, teams can kind of bring him up, keep him down there, which is nice. But I wonder if he's actually going to report or if he's just going to sit there and kind of like hold firm until a trade goes in and something mm-hmm. happens where, you know, something works out. Apparently, uh, Rick Diwali from Sportsnet reported that um, Evander Kane and the Canucks have been talking. His agent yeah. has said he's speaking to a couple teams. Listen, I don't know about you, Alicia, but I, I, I don't know what team would take this guy. Like, I really don't. I- it's his character, right? The whole character and yep. the cancer in the dressing room. I get it. If you put all that BS aside, mm-hmm. he is a great player. He knows how to score. Yeah. He can perform. Yeah. But is a team really going to risk that? Let's take a guy like Tony D'Angelo who got claimed um, by, I think it was the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. They probably said, buddy, you know what? Shut up. Do your job. Yeah. And you will, you'll be fine. Guess what? He's one of the leading defensemen on the Carolina Hurricanes. I think he mm-hmm. has over 19 points or something like that. Yeah. He's he's playing great. Now, I, I tweeted back a long time ago, I, I want this guy on the Suns. Mm-hmm. I heard it from people. This guy's a character issue. Blah, blah. But look, look what happens when you put the BS aside. Yeah. He's still a great defenseman. And he's way better than Michael Delzotto, for God's True. sakes, that we have That's on the Suns. So I guess people are going to maybe look at it like that with the Vander Kane situation mm-hmm. as well. Um, like you said, Vancouver is interested in him. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but um, I don't see him maybe reporting back to the Barracudas, I think yeah. it's called, their AHL yeah. team. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens with that. I know San Jose said they'll they'll be willing to eat up half of his salary. Mm-hmm. So mm, who wouldn't want to take that $6.5, million yeah. contract? I don't know. I don't think, first off, I think San Jose has to eat at least half for this to be interesting yeah. to make it worthwhile for anyone. But, I mean, it really is a gamble. Like, you look at someone like Tony D'Angelo, who I still, listen, I dislike Tony D'Angelo. I oh, hate what, you know, all the stuff he said. But, like, if he's putting up points, like, you have to acknowledge the hockey side of it, too. You can hate his guts, but if he's putting up points, you have to, you can't pretend the points don't exist. They exactly. still exist. There's statistics, you know. But with Kane, it's it's very interesting because, like, 
there's certain teams that I think would be interesting taking a shot. And those are the teams that are really disappointing this year. Like Vancouver, you look at it, they're really in a rough oh spot God. right now. Struggling. It's a mess. I could see them doing something like that. The one thing I'd be worried about if I was a Vancouver Canucks player is like you have Elias Pettersson, you have Brock Besser, you have Thatcher Demko, you have Quinn Hughes, you have all these young players. Do you really want someone like that on that team where Vancouver doesn't have his, it's not like the Sedins are there to tell Evander Kane, listen, bro, like you got to get in check, man. Like Vancouver doesn't have that many veterans or a young team. Mm-hmm. I could see a team that's kind of, you know, bubble. They're, they're kind of disappointing so far. I could see them kind of going, Hey, you know what? Like we got a good veteran core here. Let's take a shot on him and tell him, listen, Hey, get your shit together. Or if the first sign we see you screwing up, you're gone. Oh, I, I think so. I mean, that's the way it's going to, gonna have to go but it'll be interesting to see what happens you know could be could happen in a week could happen maybe in a couple of months we don't know i think so. it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a season-long story uh i think he gets traded probably in the next week um yeah. or something will happen but just it's gonna be a story that lingers all season just because of i mean like man the guys the guy's a mess and like you know as much as the stuff he's doing is terrible you do i hope he gets his shit together because like you really do need to get your shit together man you're a very good player when you're not being a locker room cancer like just act like it's wasted talent man he's talented player so we'll see what happens with that we also heard about the islanders getting their game suspended due to a COVID outbreak wow it didn't take them long to cancel those games but for the sends it took i don't know how many days (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know how many players i i can't remember the latest count but i think there was about like six or eight islanders players that are out right now and i mean listen islanders have had a rough start to their season now i will i will admit a lot of their games were on the road before they were able to finally get home yeah. and start playing. But like, man, like, like for a team that Absolutely. was in the semifinals last year, like they're not doing themselves any favors. They don't look too good right now. They look a little, they look a little rough to be honest. And like, we'll see how long this COVID situation lasts, but like, we obviously don't want anything like last year to happen again with even the Canucks. Like they were ravaged with COVID at one point. We want to avoid that the best we can. So, you know, hopefully the Islanders get it sorted out, but man, it, well, as I if know. their season could get any worse, Very like worse. seriously. <laughs> A no, rough start. You suck at home. You don't get to play at home for a while, and then all of a sudden, COVID ravages your half team. your team is out, and and that's the same thing I felt with the Sens. Like it was just a ripple effect. One mm-hmm. person after the other was getting COVID. COVID. When is the league finally going to step in and say, "Hey, that's enough. We're suspending a few games. That way, yeah. everyone can get tested every day. Make sure everyone's fine." But we'll see. We'll see what happens to the Islanders later on in the season when everything hopefully gets back to normal. But, yeah, fingers crossed. And at least the league has a year of experience with that now, so they kind of know what to do when people get COVID and when to suspend leagues or games. But like, like you said, with the Sens, man, like they were very quick on the Islanders, but with the oh. Sens, they were like taking their sweet time. Yeah, we'll man. look, we'll look, we'll wait. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Gary <laughs> Bettman and fans. Yeah. Moving real. on to our primary of the show, we're going to be focusing on obviously the Sens and Habs and yep. I'll take, I'll take the first stop and talk about what's been going on with the Sens. Um, obviously such a poor start to the season mm-hmm. uh we're what 20 games in now just over 20 yeah just about um, part way. sends on a terrible losing streak they had a terrible trip in uh, california um, nothing is kind of going our way right now we had matt murray uh sent down to uh Belvoke. he cleared waivers uh on sunday uh, very disappointing on a matt murray standpoint because he is making so much money we mm-hmm. thought bringing in a veteran goal- goalie who's 
won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. He's played outstanding, and he's just not performing. I don't know if it's, again, the injury-related issues, the COVID. Even though mm-hmm. I feel like it's the loss of his father. Ever since that happened, yeah. uh, I don't think he's he's been playing that great hockey. But looking mm-hmm. as a fan perspective, it sucks because yeah. you're coming here to do your job, and you're not winning not one game. Mm-hmm. Now, so as an outside kind of as an outside fan, like, you know, obviously with what happened to Matt Murray and his father, that does affect him and stuff. But would you put more of the blame on Matt Murray or would you put more of the blame on the team in front of him? Because I've that seen too. very conflicting arguments. That too. And I'm looking at our defense. They're struggling mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only people that have been playing decent is Shabbat and Zub. Yeah. We have Victor Mekte kind of all over the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaitsev doesn't look like he was the same Zaitsev at last season. Like, he wasn't the great last season, but he was decent. He was okay. Yeah. He was okay. Like, he was tolerable, you know? And mm-hmm. Delzato kind of, like, giving the puck away all the time. It's, it's. I'm looking at it. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Our defense is weak. Mm-hmm. We're struggling. And something has to change. And I made a comment on Twitter about moving. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about this because... <laughs> I didn't get my full point um, across because I got attacked mm-hmm. um, about moving on from Formington. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the Sens and I'm looking at their assets, looking at all their prospects. Yeah. Are all of these guys going to be able to play? Probably not. Are they all going to make the team? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But if they are showing great skill like Formington has, I never once said he's a bad player because he's not. Yeah. He's a great skater. He's great on the penalty kill. He lacks the ability to finish, which I find is a pretty big issue now. Mm-hmm. So why not move that asset and get a guy like Bosser or Booster, sorry, however you pronounce his name, yeah. into the lineup? Get more experienced guys. Stop enough with the vets because the mm-hmm. vets are not doing nothing with the Ottawa Senators. True. We all know Tierney is struggling. He's horrible. He's gone. Zaitsev will be gone. They'll buy him out. Colin White's going to be a buyout hopefully by next season. Get mm-hmm. those guys out. Bring in more experienced guys. So why not use them as a trade bait? That's what I was trying to say. That's what I was trying to get a point across the fan base. But they took it the wrong way. Sense Twitter got very upset when Alicia tweeted that. Oh my <laughs> God. I literally went on Twitter and I was like, why is this like, and like, here's the thing. Like when I saw that as an outsider, like nonsense fan, like the thing with me is like, I like, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. I had to look up Alex Formington. Like I had to look up like how he is, his hockey DB, his prospect profile and all that stuff. And like the general consensus is this is a speedy guy who's good on the PK and that's that's really it and he is young you know obviously yeah he's only 22 i know he hasn't played a full nhl season but that's not the point i was trying to get across Mm -hmm. why not move him yeah exactly and the thing i think the thing that a lot of fans of teams do is they have like (sighs) have you ever seen that meme where it's like someone protecting a garbage can and they're like don't touch my garbage (laughs) like i feel like it's something like that like formington's a young guy He's good. He's fast. He can kill penalties and stuff like that. But if you like, like to be a hundred percent honest, isn't that what like almost like a good amount of bottom, bottom six forwards can do if they're not a big bulky guy. Like you look at guys like Mikel Grabner, like that's literally what Grabner did, but except Grabner can actually score. So I do agree with your point there where it's like, you have so many young guys on your team. Why not just ship one of them off? You have, you know, like he's one of the outsiders, so to speak, compared to the main core, Kachuk, Stutzla, et cetera. And try and get like, you know, maybe a pick and a player you can use now or just, you know, something to build off of and make the team better. And that's what I was trying to say. But obviously it didn't go that way <laughs> with Stan's Twitter. But whatever. Yeah. You know what? I still stick by it. I'm not going to change my response. Yeah. It is what it is. 
but yeah, the SENS basically are, they're lacking in every department. I even think Kachuk needs to stand up as a captain and say like, Hey guys, you know, enough's enough. This is, this is not who we are. We have to mm -hmm. get our shit together. And hopefully, you know, when Batherson comes back into the lineup on Wednesday, hopefully he could start to build off that because I think he's been doing great. Batherson mm -hmm. has been probably one of the best players on the Sun so far. But looking also at management, has management done enough for this group? Yeah. Have they been provided the players to play with? I, I just don't get it. Like Pierre Dorian needs to come up and come up with a, a press conference because yeah. – there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. We should not be having this horrible start to the season. What are we like 14? Uh, sorry, four, 14 and one or whatever. I, you guys, I was going to say like, like we're having a terrible season. You guys are, I think right there with us or we're, we might even be we're at one the bottom. Game up man. You guys. Yeah. We're yeah. at the bottom and it sucks because we've been saying, Oh, by 2021 to 2025, you know, Eugene's going to put all this money into the organization. We're going to mm -hmm. be a contending team. What I'm watching right now is not a contending team. It's, yeah. it's disgusting what I'm watching. And, I also bring management for not bringing in those players like they promised they would. Yeah. But they bring in a guy like uh, Del Zotto who's sitting on a $2 million contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's sat out half the games. But Exactly. So just I quickly <sighs> just pulled up the standings. Montreal's yeah. in 29th with 23 games played and 14 points. You guys are last with 19 games played. So you have four in hand and you're about five points behind us. So I would say they're about at the same trajectory if you, yeah. you know, catch up on games played. Now, you talk about management, and I do agree with, you know, you know, maybe there's not enough right pieces there. I think the big problem is, is I think, was it this season, uh, right before the season started when I believe it was Dorian or Melnick came out and said, like, yeah, we're, we're a contending oh, team that can make the this playoffs. This guy put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. I think that's where... That's where a lot of Sens fans thought, you know, you had a good run towards the end of the season last year. And even I thought, like, you guys were going to be competing for that, like, you know, like, 6-7 spot. I didn't think you guys were going to be a playoff team. Then no. again, I thought Montreal was going to be a playoff team, and we'll talk <laughs> about that dumpster fire in a bit. But I think Sens management over got the fans too excited because you guys are still coming out of I'd say you're still in a rebuild. Like, you're towards the end of it. The but you're in a rebuild. Your young guys are still learning. Stutzla's mm -hmm. still growing. Norris is growing. Patterson's growing. Shabbat's growing. Shabbat's a little bit more matured. Yeah. But, like, you're still growing. You're not really a team that's, like, a playoff team. So I don't know why you would go out and say that when, you know, this but happens. And now it just looks terrible. Every time, though. Every time he comes out, oh, yeah. we're going to do great this year. Really? Mm -hmm. The rebuild's done? Really? Exactly. What are you providing think, the fan base? And yeah, you expect it to be a sold-out arena? Mm -hmm. Come on. It's ridiculous. I think he I think he shot himself in the foot there when he said that cuz even that was like like even Sens fans were like, "Hey man, like we're we're a better team, but like calm down." But even now like I didn't think the Sens would be this bad. No, it's it's a disaster and it sucks. Like as a fan, looking mm -hmm. as a fan perspective, this is now the fourth year we've been in the bottom. By yeah. now we should start progressing and it's just like we're still flat we're still there you and should be towards that yeah. like 21 20th in the league like you're still yeah. bad but you're you're growing almost and i and i said listen we're not gonna be a playoff team mm -hmm. next year meaning this year yeah could we maybe contend for a spot maybe if mm -hmm. we do well but no way the season's right off again and it sucks yeah but moving on to les habitants the habs <laughs> oh my god yeah, there's been no news, guys. That's the end of the podcast. There's no news at all. <laughs> oh, man. It has been literally, this could not be a more perfect time for a Habs fan to start a podcast with you. This is perfect. Yeah. So 
I'll break down into what happened. Then you and I can kind of, you know, go a bit more in depth because I'd love to hear your opinion on it too. Oh, 100%. All I have is Habs Twitter and all I can say is Habs Twitter. We are excited right now. We're happy. So obviously with Saturday, the first little trinkle of news that came out was Scott Melbany resigned as assistant general manager. Um, And then shortly after it was revealed that he was promised to be the next general manager. He had Bergevin's kind of blessing to be the next general manager or director of hockey operations. And Molson basically said like, listen, like the way this this started, like I'm not doing that. So he decided to resign, which I mean, you know what? Understandable. I expected something to happen with management, like an assistant GM getting fired or just resigning. So, and I think all of hockey Twitter and just the hockey world expected that. So you're kind of like, okay, he's gone. That's it. And then on Sunday, Jeff Gorton gets just the hockey, just director of hockey operations. Welcome on board. And Jeff Gorton, I'm going to talk to about him in a little bit. I'm, I'm a little excited about that. I'm not going to lie. But then a few hours later after that is when the big bomb hits Mark Bergevin, Trevor Timmons, who is an assistant general manager and basically kind of the scouting guy. And um, the third gentleman was, I believe his last name was Wilson. What was his actual name? Oh my God. This is how bad, like, like when they hire, <laughs> when they fire certain like directors of certain operations, all I know is he was the communications and public affairs guy. His name yes. was Paul Wilson. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's kicked off too. And I mean, listen, the first thing I want to say is I want to touch upon Jeff Gorton a bit, get your opinion. And then we'll go into Bergevin because Bergevin's the big meat and potatoes here. But Jeff Gorton, I mean, like what do you, what what do you what were your first thoughts when you heard that the Habs had brought him in? I said good hiring. Yeah. You need you need, you guys needed the change and I know with Bergerman there wasn't too many talks going on with him and extending his contract mm-hmm. right in the summer nothing was progressing. Yeah. But bringing in a guy he was uh, just refresh my memory he was the gm of the rangers right yep he was the gm in the rangers and then that whole fiasco happened right. and then they got removed but i actually did a little bit of digging and this kind of came up a lot when he was hired i didn't realize so he's obviously was the rangers gm i think since 2015 so he was yeah. responsible for the retool he was the bruins gm when they drafted arguably the greatest draft in bruins history in 2006 he got phil kessel Milan Lucic and Brad Marchand and then traded Ray Croft for Tuka Rask. Hey, Leafs fans, sorry to remind <laughs> you about that one. Then signs Mark Savard and Zdeno Chara all in one year. If he can replicate that kind of drafting and development or just even drafting, like finding that potential. Listen, man, if the Habs get a top three pick this year and yeah. Gorton's behind it, like, man. Look out. Like, that's exciting for me. So I agree with you there. I think it's a great hiring. I think it was a great – yeah, it was great. Yeah. You guys needed that. I mean, take yeah. away some of the negative stuff going on. You mm-hmm. almost needed a refresher. And I think this guy this guy's going to work out perfectly for you yeah. in the hockey and then Ber, uh Sorry, not Bergevin. He's gone. <laughs> um, yeah. Molson did say – yeah, adios. Molson did say that he expects Gorton to work hand-in-hand with the new GM who we'll Perfect. talk about in a bit, which is kind of new for Montreal. Cause there's never been like a two tandem kind of thing. It's always been the GM and the hockey operations guy kind of sits in the back, but it's kind of nice that they're both going to kind of discuss it and everything. So I like that, but on to Mark Bergevin, obviously very topical general manager. People hate him. People love him. I saw one person say something on Twitter and this I think perfectly describes Mark Bergevin as a general manager. He goes, he has made some of the greatest moves in franchise history, obviously, but he has made some of the worst in franchise history as well. He's just been so, you know, he has the gambler's mentality and some of that stuff worked out. Bringing in Radulov that one year was great. Trading 
um, for Domi worked out, and then flipping Domi for Anderson worked out. That was one of my favorite trades he did. Bringing he, a guy I, like, like Josh Anderson, are you kidding yeah. me? That was great. And then even the um, he traded uh, Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman to Chicago for the pick that was Romanov and Philly. No, the Suzuki trade for Pacioretty. Like he has a lot of great moves and things he's done. But then you look at the other stuff, the drafting, the Logan Mayu pick. That was terrible. The Sergachev trade was Sir, the Sergachev trade for Duran. Exactly. Like there's so many moves where it's just like he has so many great moves and so many bad moves. And it's just like you average it out and it's just like, okay, there's nothing. Which right. you, oh, you know what? all you the know, positives, you know, yeah. after all it's not things. even that it's nothing. I think this word accurately describes the Canadians under Mark Bergevin's tenure. Mediocre. Yeah. Nothing and exciting. I think, I think you nailed that. Terrible. He's I just think you nailed mediocre. That. Exactly. And I think with that mediocre stuff, like, listen, I don't think everyone should be hating on him for being the worst GM, but you shouldn't be praising him for being like, wow, he was one of the best GMs of our generation, or like he was no. a very good GM. He was yeah. just an average general manager, I would say. Would so you what, agree what, on that? I, I agree with you 100%. I was never a big Mark uh, Bergeron fan. Mm-hmm. I know my dad was not. He he would always swear every time he would make a stupid trade. Oh, tabernacle trade, Virgil van Gogh. And I think enough with the with the hiring of the French, uh, bilingual and drafting only French uh, French English guys. Yeah. Enough with that, because you I know what? think we'll get the best guy out in the draft. That's exactly Plain it. Simple. I think it's a generation gap. I yeah. think when you're the owner, Jeff Molson, I think you have to look at it and go, my fans are freaking insane. Okay. A lot of them are French. A lot of them are older French. You have to appease them. And as much as it sucks, I disagree with that. I think you should go for, like, I think you should find someone who at least has the intent of, like, yeah, I'm willing to learn French and grow and, you know, learn the language. As long as you have that, like, like look at the players. Like, Gallagher has spoken French a little bit now. Like, there's so many English-speaking Habs players who, like, it's so funny when the Habs post a video of them speaking French because everyone's like, oh, my God, they're learning. Like, they're embracing exactly. being a Hab. Find a general manager who wants to do that. It'd be great if the best available candidate spoke fluent French. But at the end of the day, if it's like, okay, this guy's like a, a 6 out of 10 and speaks French and English. This guy's a 9 out of 10 and speaks only English. Don't pick the 6 out of 10 guy. <laughs> Go for the guy that's going to help this team win and become a good team because that's what the fans want. I don't care. And I know I'm an Ontario Habs fan I know so many younger Habs fans that literally are just like just give me someone who's good I don't care he can learn French get a translator there's Google Translate like there's so many ways to just communicate we see that in all types of sports let's bring up soccer for instance Mm -hmm. when Ronaldo came to uh, Juventus he picked up the language he started speaking a little bit to reporters so did Mm -hmm. Delit he actually took classes these mm-hmm. players can do the same. So it's all about, yeah, the extra work they'll have to put in. But exactly. go draft the best player out there. Yeah. Plain Even the um, the Ballon d'Or was today. I was watching it a little yeah. bit while I was at work. Literally, like, like uh, Donnarumma goes up and he's speaking Italian. Doesn't have to speak English. That's his native tongue. He speaks it. And, like, I think it's because that's more of a world sport that it makes sense. But it's a, it's a legitimate example of where yeah. different languages and not knowing English 100% works in sports. So why can't you do it with French? Like most French people, I don't think there's one French person in Quebec who doesn't understand basic English. Yeah. You know I what I mean? And if he doesn't, you have a translator there. You have someone who you have subtitles. Like I know it's a little bit frustrating, but if that helps the Habs go from where they are right now, which is just mediocrity for the last 10 years to, hey, all of a sudden now we're a playoff team that, you know, could maybe go for a good run. We had the sources basically yeah. to improve that. Exactly. So it's there. Just use them. 
And mm-hmm. then again, just get the best player. And enough with this BS of going yeah. around the Habs because that has to stop if you guys want to get better. It I really 100% does. agree. I 100% agree. Now, two little more pieces um, on the Bergevin stuff and just the general manager. Apparently, Molson has openly said that if Gorton and the new general manager, who they, you know, whoever they figured out, come to him and say, hey, like, this is the best path going forward, he is 100% on board with anything. That includes a rebuild. That includes wow. you know, maybe a minor retool. Molson is uh, Molson even said, I think our fans expect it too. Like they expect like whatever right now. Cause you know what? I think this team needs to go through a rebuild if I'm being honest. Really? Yeah. You and I'll get, so? I'll, I'll get a bit more into that in a little bit, but the final piece is apparently very high up on the list of GM candidates Ooh. is Daniel Briere. No way. Daniel Briere apparently. And listen, <laughs> He was he, like he was in Montreal for a season and a half. I love Danny Breer as a player, man. He was super good. Oh, if he can, them too. I don't know how good he is as a general manager, but if he can emulate that a little bit, like man, the type of hockey he played was like offense fast, like skilled. I'd love to see that. Get on the, the puck in deep and go. That's what the Habs are lacking. If, like every time I watch their game, they're not cycling the puck at all. It looks yeah. like they're just dumping and trying to go chase it. They're not even putting in that chase. Exactly. They're not even trying really. But I so saw, I saw the, wait, I saw Patrick Waugh too. Was that a rumor? I Patrick Waugh's a rumor. Uh Pierre Lebrun, I think, said Le, uh Briere's high up there. So that I know wow. for sure. I don't know about hey, Patrick Waugh. That'd be that'd that be would chaos. be funny. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like excited and scared at the same time if Patrick Waugh was the GM. Like I'd be like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> uh, well, we will see what happens. I mean, I think that decision should be coming in what a couple weeks, maybe a month. I don't Not know. Even. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they let Gorton just run with the team for a bit, like for, now, for a couple yeah. months, and then Very just true. do something there. So we'll see there. But then the other little piece of news about the Habs that I think has significance is Carey Price skating today at practice, which we love to see. He wasn't yeah, wearing. Uh, he wasn't wearing his full equipment. I think he was just kind of like on the ice, like just practicing some light drills and stuff. But we'd love to see that. I'm very intrigued as to what the Montreal Canadiens do with Carey Price going forward. Because obviously with his situation, it's very sensitive. And you want him to take as much time as he needs. I don't mm-hmm. care. And especially at this point. The season, Habs fans are already like, yo, like Shane Wright, like, you know, get, get the Buddy, Shane hit. Wright's ours. Uh, hold uh, on. <laughs> that's what we should have named the freaking podcast, Battle for Shane Wright. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like with Carey Price and all that, like if he comes back, and this is something I've come to the realization of is – I don't think the Montreal Canadiens have been able to do a proper rebuild because of Carey Price. Like you put the worst team in front of Carey Price and you could probably still manage a like 350, 400 win percentage, which would get you like a sixth or seventh overall pick, which the Habs have finished a lot of the time. Carey Price is just that good. Now, personally, what I think would be best is obviously he's skating and you want to get him back, but you take as much time as you need here. If he needs another yeah. four months, you know what? Run with Jake Allen and Montemblo. I I I, don't I love care. Jake Allen. I think he's a great goalie. Jake Allen's a solid goalie, and he's very it's very team oriented. He's willing to do whatever the team needs. He'll sit there and let Carey Price run it. He'll grab the horns and take the helm if he needs to. And that's what I love about him as well. It's just you know he's he's a great he's a perfect like one B goalie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But with Carey Price coming back, I mean like if he comes in and starts playing games like. I could see the Habs like start pushing for like, you know, they're not going to win and make the playoffs, but like I could see them going from like a. They'll crawl up the standings. Yeah, they'll go up a little bit, which like you got to think, is that best for the team right now? 
I don't know. Like you're bottom four in the league right now with games, more games than everyone else. You could be bottom three, bottom two. Maybe that's best for the team. Maybe like you should just run with Jake Allen and Montembeau. But then what do you do? Like, what would you do with Carey Price back? Like, I'm, I don't know what I would do. You know what? I, I thought about that today and I don't make him the starter at all. Mm-hmm. I'll leave Jake Allen making yeah. your starting goaltending and then have maybe Carey Price back him up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at first in the summer, I really thought he was going to get picked up by Seattle. I I really did. I thought there was a chance that he was going to go. Yeah. A lot of Habs fans did. We were kind of, we kind of, obviously the picks were leaked, but like, yeah. man, like going up to it, like I made a goodbye video on TikTok. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Price, like, it's been a pleasure, man. Like, thank you for all the memories and stuff. And I do think, I do think he's the greatest goaltender to ever play for Montreal. I mean, he has the record for most wins. I think he's a generational goalie and one of the best Canadian goalies of all time. But like now you start to wonder like, okay, like let's say, you know, the Habs hire a new GM and they go, all right, we're rebuilding. Everyone's going to say what happens to Carey Price now. Price. That's going to be the big question surrounding yeah. it. Is especially, and I, I think it's not that like, you know, like Lundqvist was on a rebuilding team, for example. Like you're able to have great goalies on rebuilding teams, but I think Carey Price is just so good that you can't properly rebuild with him. So it's like, then you start to talk about trades and then you talk about $10.5 million cap. Hit, and then what happens? I don't think any team out there would take Carey Price on his full what cap. Was he at 10 and a half, right? 10 and a half. Yeah. He wow. has a couple. I think he has about maybe four or five more years left. I could be wrong on that. With the cap really not going up by much. Exactly. I, I personally think he's going to stay a hab for the rest of his career. I just think, you know, with I that so kind too. of player, you just have to do it kind of, so to speak. But like, man, like I'm going to be not disappointed but if Carey Price is on our team and we go from third worst to like eighth worst, and it's like, man, we have an eighth overall pick instead of third now, like that doesn't help the rebuild, man. Yeah. If that's what you decide to do going forward, that is. I mean, well, I especially with the lottery surrounding always the Canadian teams, they never yeah. really end up up there. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Montreal could turn, can turn things around, but it's a matter of when and if. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I could see them doing it. I think the big thing though is like Tyler Toffoli was quoted, I think about a week or two ago, and he said, "I've been on, I've been on bad teams before." Like when he was with LA, and like a lot of people were like, "Whoa, like that's a very honest and aggressive." I'm like, "I no, you're being honest." Like, yeah, the team sucks. The team isn't good right now, and I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. It's not just Carey Price and Shea Weber. I think because no. you're, they're two huge pieces. They are, but they're only two pieces. You know what? You just brought up something good. Enough with the excuses. And I think Sens fans are tired of hearing that too. mm -hmm. Like enough, oh, we're a young team and we don't have like all the great, you know, prospects are not there yet. What what are you what are you trying to explain to the fan base at that point? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to get your point across? Guess what? Your team's not good because how you're you're managing the team right now. I 100% agree with that. Like, there's obviously you still have, you know, Josh you guys Norris. Have talent. You have talent. You have Batherson. You mm-hmm. have Norris that's playing pretty decent. Looking at the Habs, you guys have key players that are playing good hockey. You're just the team is just not clicking right now. It's just there's something off, and, you know, could be the coach. It could be maybe the lack of leadership on the team because Carey Price and Shea Weber, that's two huge pieces gone of oh, yeah. your veteran core. Like, I, like, the biggest veteran would be like Jeff Petrie and like, or Gallagher, but how good has Jeff Petrie been? He's been awful this year. So, so I mean, you're, I you're missing know. a lot there. I don't know what the, 
solution is. All I know is this year is going to be very interesting in terms of finding a new GM, seeing what the path forward is for the Montreal Canadiens, whether it's a minor retool, whether it's a rebuild, whether you trade all the young guys and get superstars and go all in. Like I, I don't know what to expect anymore, which is scary, but also exciting. Very, very exciting. So we'll see what happens um, in the next couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll start to talk positive about our teams and hopefully put all this negativity aside. We'll yeah, see. Fingers crossed. All right. So for our last segment of the show, we love to do this part. It is the Chooch of the Week. And Rahil, oh, yeah. you're going to introduce the new Chooch of the Week. We'll make so, you do it. It was very interesting with this one, but I don't <laughs> think it's a surprise to anyone. Brendan Lemieux, you yeah. are the chooch of the week. And I know Alicia is about to rip into you for what you did. Uh, if you didn't know, Brady, you can give some more details. Brady Kachuk and Brendan Lemieux look like they got into a bit of a scruffle, if you want to call it that. And Brendan Lemieux decided to pull the old Mike Tyson and uh, bite him twice. So, uh, Alicia, yeah, what right. happened? I, when I saw that and I saw Brady's hand bleeding and he, you could hear him saying, this guy just bit my hand. He just mm-hmm. bit me. He bit me twice. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait. I rewind. I rewinded the tape. Yeah. And I see the blood on Brady's hand. And I'm like, did this actually just happen? <laughs> like, or, I was like losing my mind because I'm like, what kind of idiot does this? Seriously. Like, what was the score at that point, too? Do you remember? It was near the end of the game. The yeah. LA was winning. I think final score was like four two or something. So like that. that's my point too. Like LA won the game. You're like, winning, but what? let's let's just decide to bite Brady. And I know Lemieux has a bit of blood, a bad blood between Matthew and Brady. Yeah. So for him to do that, I'm like, you're pathetic, man. You deserve a heavy suspension. The last, like, who bites people? And Brady said, only only babies bite people. Like, yeah. kids don't even do that. Why the hell are you doing it? And when he called them a brick, a brickhead or oh. a brick wall, whatever, <laughs> I was crying. I'm like, this guy is genius. How he came up with his statement, he had every right. And I hope yeah. the league doesn't, like, fine him for his statement or whatever because he deserved to say everything he, everything mm-hmm. he said. He's I agree pissed. with that 100%. It, it's disgusting, especially because we're basically still in a pandemic the pandemic is not over but let's go bite people but like that's my point is like listen like i'm not the strongest guy but like you know when i played hockey a little bit i got into like one or two little scuffles i have never once thought i'm gonna bite this dude yeah i thought of throwing a cheap shot maybe an elbow a cross check beating him with a butt of the what you're like yo i'm just gonna (laughs) sink my teeth into this dude's hand i I I couldn't believe it. it and it was twice he did it twice so he's looking at a five-plus game suspension and a fine right now. So yeah. uh, player safety has a meeting with him in person tomorrow. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But you know what? Punish this guy. This is nonsense. Yeah. You, can't, you can't have this in a league at mm-hmm. all. It was ridiculous. I, I don't know. Maybe Brendan Lee is a vampire and we don't know about it. And yeah, he just, maybe. You know, maybe he was like hungry or something during the freaking just middle of the scuffle. He's like, man, I could go for some blood. And then just decided but to just. Did you see? He used this freaking chompers, man. This guy. Yeah. It wasn't like a little like, oh, I'm going to take a nibble of this. Like this man <laughs> full on like, like bit like he was eating an apple. Like it was like a chomp. Who was the last person to do it? Was it Marshawn? I don't the know. Boston? I mean, Marshawn's licked people. I don't know if he's ever. Has he bit anyone before? I think he did once. I think he did once. I think he might be right, he, actually. You know why? Because didn't they call him... That was why they called him a rat, right? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I just quickly looked it up. Video <laughs> replay shows Brad Marchand trying to bite linesman's arm. <laughs> this was against the Vancouver Canucks recently. Um, recently. Listen, at least he didn't connect. Oh, my Brendan God. Lemieux, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to choose of the week. I mean, hey. 
I don't you know blame what, him. buddy? You're a chooch. Um, <laughs> you know why you're a chooch? Because the heavy suspensions come in your way. You yeah. loser. Get with the program, man. Disgusting. Yeah, what a bum. Yeah. <laughs> Bum's right. Anyways, I think that does it for our first episode, Rahil. This was so much fun. It really was, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, it's gonna be very exciting because, like, I. It's almost like. Like I know, I know you're disappointed in your team, and I'm disappointed in my team. But it's almost like we're battling to see who get finishes worse. Who can get like, Shane at this right point? <laughs> yeah, like seriously, like like you're like, man, I want Shane right, and I'm like, no, I I want Shane right. No, then again, yeah. if the Habs get the first overall pick, they're gonna draft some French guy instead of Shane, right? Because yeah. you know, French blood. That, that's his typical Habs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you all for tuning in and listening to After the Buzzer Hockey Podcast. Be sure to find us on Twitter and Instagram. It is the same page, mm-hmm. so don't worry about uh, losing um, content. It's still gonna be out there. We'll be posting every couple of weeks. I'll be on vacation next week, so we won't be recording. But Where are you going? I get back. Oh, I'm going to Dominican, baby. Ah, hey, dude, let's go. Nice. Have fun. I already got the TV set up, and they're going to get me watching all the games over there, so it's going to be fun. But, awesome. uh, yeah, Rahil, thank you again for doing this. Uh, nope. Be sure to check us out on, again on Twitter and Instagram. And, as always, go Sens, go. Yeah, for first for or last. <laughs> uh, for last, right? For first overall. Yeah, go have first, it. First. I want first. I don't want you getting first, Alicia. You can wait. You can wait.